Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Andrea. We are bringing you the Real Moms Real Life Podcast, your guide to self-empowerment and taking on each day as your best self. This is episode number 49. After our weekly segments, we are going to talk about energy work. Let us know if there are any topics you would like to hear. Don't forget, all the resources on this podcast are meant for information purposes only and not to be confused for medical advice or treatment. Good morning, Andrea. Good morning, Beth. How are you? I am doing pretty good. I um, It's Thanksgiving week we're rec- as we're recording this week, so I feel like I saw your post about the schedule, so I'm starting <laughs> to think about my schedule for the week, and it's not too crazy. I just feel a little... Um, guilty because I'm working tomorrow and my husband's off and my daughter's off so I'm going to be off working and they're all going to be home together and I'm a little jealous. I'm a little nostalgic about that but I'm off th- Thursday and Friday so it's not too bad. How are you doing? No, good. I'm pretty good. Um, Remy has been sleeping pretty well again which is awesome so Yay. that always makes everything better. <laughs> So yeah, and then I'm just repainting my office, so my downstairs is like a hot mess. That's okay. I'm excited about painting it finally, the ugly green color it was. So It's starting I mean, to look very nice. Thanks, yeah. All, all Beth can see right now is like a white wall behind me instead of a sherbet green wall. So, I mean, anything has to look better than the sherbet green wall. I feel like your definition of the color has gotten different every episode. At first it was like, oh, it's this like green color. And then I feel like last week it was this pastel green. And now it's sherbet Sherbert. green. I don't so, know. What would so you you're... It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Your, your, your emotions about this color are getting stronger. Yeah, clearly. That's really yeah. funny. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about our real mom moment of the week. Do you want to go first this week or do you want me to? I can go first. Um, okay, so I have tried to have a loose rule around not eating in the car unless it is like a specific snack time. But it's made me realize how much I eat in the car, which I try. I mean, I don't eat in the car that much, but that I try not to do. And I, like I talk to my clients about not doing. And so I got this giant bag of popcorn from Costco which somehow never made it inside and stayed in the car. (laughs) And Remy can freaking hear the crinkling. So whenever he hears me crinkle the bag, he like, the first time I opened it, that was why I opened it. It was, it was definitely snack time and Costco ended up up taking way longer. So I opened the popcorn because I like didn't have anything prepared to give him. And so I was like handing him pieces in the back. And now whenever he hears me crinkle, that bag he was like ah he's like hands go up in the air yeah so my kid does the exact same thing she hears me crinkle something or sees a snack or she sees like a treat wrapper in the trash can and she's like mom can i what's that can i have some so they are <laughs> way smarter than us yeah seriously <laughs> so you know but I think I think it's important for our kids to see us having snacks and having treats and you know. Oh, for sure, not yeah. Feeling guilty about them. <laughs> so my real mom moment of the week this week, I um, 
got my period last week and it sucked. It was really terrible. And I'm pretty sure that might have had something to do with all of the crazy emotions that I was feeling. Although I've decided not to discount them because, and I made an appointment to see a therapist and kind of get that all squared away. I've been wanting to do it anyway. And that was kind of the kick in the butt that I needed to do that. But let me tell you, first postpartum period really sucks. Because you haven't had one in, well, for me, it's been a year. But for a lot of people, it's been like close to a year and a half to two years. And then, I don't know, I feel like my uterus is still healing from having a baby. So every time it was like contracting to try to, you know, get the hemorrhage out, it was just, it was so painful. And I just kept rubbing magnesium oil on it, which helped quite a bit. And I took ibuprofen, which I haven't taken in a really long time because I don't usually take it. But I was like, I need something and I need something to get me through the day. So, and then my mom's like, so what's that? So I'm like trying to explain tampons to my, to my daughter, because, which may be better than trying to explain the Diva Cup that I was using, but my vagina still hasn't healed quite enough to, to tolerate the Diva Cup yet. So, uh, yeah, so that's fun. Explaining my real mom moment is trying to explain my period to a four-year-old and we try not to lie to her and we try to be totally honest with her, but, um, yeah. Yeah, that... (laughs) I also have my period right now. One, I'm so sorry you got yours this soon because that sucks. <laughs> um, I feel like I very much enjoyed not having a period for like two years through pregnancy and, you know, postpartum. Uh, but I also have my period now. Somehow we are on the same cycle best. And I use a Diva Cup and my son is now like the first time he's like really been like, you know, he's usually in the bathroom with me, but this is the first time he's starting to pay and he keeps on when I take it out she keeps like wanting to put it and I'm like no <laughs> and you know watches me put it back in, and then he's like looking in the toilet like he's like where the hell did it go but he can't see yet you know but you can see his body is so confused like what is happening right now <laughs> so that'll be fun to explain <laughs> oh well um what's your tip of the week well, look at you taking the lead on this. Um, my, <laughs> I think it's because you don't want to go first. That's what I think. My, Maybe. my tip of the week is be forgiving. And I'm not talking about like the general stuff, but, but more so like be forgiving when your child is tantruming and you know the reason that they're tantruming is because they're overtired. And there's this is a discussion I had with my husband this week because we maybe started bedtime a little bit late and she was we kind of let her push the boundaries a little bit and then she really lost it. And in general, she likes to whine and we do not respond to whining. We so we don't give her what she wants when she's whining because she needs to use appropriate terms. But I also know that when she's tired, that like whine is going to go into that full-fledged like meltdown tantrum, which once she gets to that stage, then we comfort her. We don't necessarily give her that what she wants, but we comfort her and, and give her, you know, the extra loving that she kind of maybe needs. But I just know that she's so much quicker to get to that stage when she's tired. And I also realized that when she's tired, if I give in a little bit, sometimes I can get her to bed a little bit. And that doesn't affect how she acts when she's not so tired. So um, 
I'm just just be forgiving and understanding, not only for your kids, but for, you know, if you're interacting with people that might have lack of sleep or it's, you know, a lot of things going on, just to be forgiving and understanding and sort of adapt as needed. No, I love that so much. I think that's so important. And honestly, it makes your life so much easier. You know what I mean? I think sometimes people hear that and they're like, no, but my kid's being a jerk or like, well, no, that guy was rude to me. Like, I don't know, responding, that being the intention, like makes life so much harder. So I love that. It's just, just like, understand people are usually going to do the best they can, and that applies to their kids as well. So that's great. Um, my of the week is we're talking about earlier to schedule um, and especially around the holidays. So, this can apply to any time but with you know thanksgiving coming up obviously people won't hear this until after but for christmas and everything is really starting now writing out what you're going to be doing especially on the actual holiday then also lead up to it like get that stuff out because i hate scheduling so much like i really hate this task, which is why i'm using it as my tip and talking about it so much because it really does make my life so much easier to do it especially ahead of because I've, you know, hear about some people, hopefully I don't have to go with this, but I hear about some people have five different places to go on Thanksgiving. And it's just insane. Like, it's not fun for anybody. It's not fun for them. It's probably, I can't imagine it's that fun for families, you know, their family coming in and, all right, peace, got to go now to my next house. I mean, it makes it not enjoyable for anybody. So when you can actually write out your schedule and see that it looks insanely ridiculous and not fun, then it's like, if you're doing it ahead of time, you can change it. It's like, you know, actually, we're not going to do it this year. I'm going to call you up. And like, actually, let's instead come to you on, you know, midway through December instead and have a whole afternoon to spend with you to be enjoying what isn't stressful, whatever makes sense. Um, and then if you are like me and actually don't have anything, like, really planned for the holidays <laughs> because family lives away and you're not going to travel to them you can be like wow i have zero plans of this look fun i i should probably do something about that so um yeah any schedule it's very eye-opening and very helpful i love it and i think i'm gonna try to do that for more of my life as well so let's move on to our topic of the week and i was gonna say andrea but then energy came out because i was thinking of the two same things at the same time andrea is going to talk about energy work this week awesome so energy work is this very elusive thing sometimes so what I wanted to do is talk about my story around it then I wanted to talk a little bit about what it is you know who it might be for and then a little bit about how I use it with my clients so Beth feel free to interrupt me at any point if something is confusing or does not make sense or you want to ask a question. So for me, I'm going to talk about my story, like specifically as I feel like it relates to the energy work, everything really intertwines. So if you've heard me talk about other pieces of my story, it all just kind of applies and mixes in together. So for as long as I can remember, I feel like I've had this like block in my brain. Like there was part of my brain I just like could not access. And it felt like that even though I knew all the right things, to do I was just very drawn to like constant self-sabotage so it's like oh yeah like 
I know I'm not supposed to, you know, quote unquote, eat this food or do this thing, but I'm going to do it anyways. And usually if I was able to do the right thing, it felt like any steps in the right direction were followed by like 10 steps backwards somewhere else. So mainly through like a lot of drinking, especially through college and physical therapy school and a lot of eating of sugary and processed foods. So gosh, I got into like the self-help world really early, probably like before college. And I like would consume that stuff like crazy, but I never did anything about it. Like I just felt like anytime I would try to apply it, you know, I would try to, I think I talked about some journaling episodes some, when I would just try to journal, it was like, I couldn't, like, I just couldn't get anywhere with it. Same thing with meditation. So it felt like something was like forcibly stopping me from taking action. And God, I have no idea how I came across energy work, to be honest. I cannot remember how, but I randomly did sessions throughout college. I honestly don't remember having any huge changes. And they were always like these like single standalone sessions with like different random practitioners. But I always felt that there was something to it. Like I was always very drawn to it. And what always fascinated me was that almost every practitioner I would go to would tell me that I had like some, this like weird like entity like feeding off of me that like that's what was creating this block and why I would feel these things like that there was like something like disrupting my energy. And they all told me that it was kind of weird and like not a common thing, which was great to hear, <laughs> not. Um, and like even this one time I went to this like group healing session and like she was like kind of going around and like individually healing people's issues and like everyone was like okay cool you're clear with that blah blah and then she gets to me and she's like yeah you need like I can't clear you like there's something that's blocking it I was like what the hell so anyways like I said that's not super common like I've never come across that with any of my clients but it was enough to be very like intriguing to me that like such different people would say kind of a very similar thing with obviously not knowing anything you know about what the other practitioners had said so anyways my path to healing like most people's has definitely not been linear in any way like I have tried so many things throughout the years here and there so it's really hard to know exactly like which did what but I felt like when especially when I looked back on it I don't think I realized it as much in the moment and it's a lot more clear now that I'm aware of it and doing energy work more regularly and intentionally um, it did feel like energy work almost would open up this new path. So it's like, I would do a session and I, while I wouldn't like feel different, I feel like it allowed this like kind of new door to open, like, you know, over time after that session, I was able to like kind of implement some new healthy habit. And so, you know, maybe it's my bias because of how it's worked for me, but this really is the biggest role I see for energy work is just like opening up this possibility that wasn't there before. And just really clearing the path to make really positive changes in your life. Is that all sounding good so far, Beth? Yeah, um, that makes me kind of think about developmental changes when kids go through, um, you know, like a new developmental stage. Like they've got this like, it, it seems like, and I know you're not a big fan of the Wonder Weeks, but it kind of seems like that like leap in mental development where all of a sudden they're like really fussy and it's like they can't get something out and then all of a sudden something opens up and you're like, oh my gosh, they're doing all these new things all at once. So that's what kind of makes me think of it. Totally. And it's almost like you look, you know, back on it too. You know what I mean? Like it takes a few days to be like, wait a minute. Like, wow, you're like doing all this stuff. Yeah, I love that actually. Great example or a great metaphor. 
Um, so I did also want to say that despite me personally never like I ever had this like one single like mind blowing session, which some people absolutely have, and my clients also sometimes have. Um, my uh, babies and kids respond a lot. Better. So Remy has been really fun to see like, to do energy work because he just responds so quickly. So he was having a rash every time he would eat eggs and it would this rash would appear like within an hour from eating that and when doing energy work, uh, it completely cleared. Like, you know, every research says that a kid is having a sensitivity like that to like it out and not try it for like another year. We I mean after the sensitive sensitivity started in like two months, we cleared it up. Um, and that time delay was me finding an energy worker and figuring out which I wanted to do. Um, so that was really awesome. He eats eggs with no issue. And then when he was, I mentioned it last week's sleep episode, he was having a lot of difficulty sleeping. The day we had our first energy session around sleep was the first he like slept at night in like months. And now if he's being fussy or have like a big day, like something happens, I'll do kind of quick energy work around that to clear it and really just make a difference like he's just like walking around for like no reason but he's not tantruming and he's just like being crazy like I'll usually do some energy work on him and just it's better so anyways it's really awesome so what is it then so no one completely understands how it works. There are absolutely, like, feel free to, like, YouTube it or, like, Google search explanations. I mean, there are people who get, like, way more in-depth with the science. I am not that person. Uh, learning quantum physics does not appeal to me, and it really does work on the, like, quantum mechanics level, which is where some of the explanations can start to learn from. So, like, yeah, that's complex science. Um, you don't need to understand that that scientific level to come to have it work. So I don't go there personally. Um, but what we do know is that it works. So just to back up, our bodies do run on energy. Like that's not woo. That's not you know. That's like well known science. That's like what's measured, like EEGs and EMGs. Like our brain sends signals to our body via electrical impulses. That's how our nerves work. So without energy like we would be dead I mean yeah that's like an attack so that's like the extreme end of energy being disrupted is your heart starts stops sending its electrical sim, uh, signals like that gets disrupted so today we're really going to be focusing on these like subclinical disruptions because you can imagine if you know a signal going from your brain to your body gets somewhat disrupted it's going to start to cause issues and this is where energy work can come in um, I really like to describe it to people so they just can experience that they have, they kind of know that feeling of energy is if you've ever walked into a room where two people, they just had a fight and like, they don't even have to say a word. You may have had no idea what was going on. Just like, know something is, you can like feel that tension in the room. And it's like, we have words and phrases, right? It's like, I literally cut through this tension or like she brightens up a room or he's an energy vampire like all of that is is energy like that is feeling other people's energy 
Um, and so it also shows us how our um, other people can impact our own. Then other thing is if you've ever had like someone like like you're on some bureaucrat thing and someone like brushes up against you and it's like oh that's just a stranger it was just crowded and then you have the brush up against you that like crazy and feels super weird like it could be this in touch but like the intention behind it like that the energy like that feeling of some crazy touching by a bar or something like that that is like why you so different than someone else. Can you relate to that difference, Beth? Like, do you know what I'm talking about? Definitely. Um, uh, yeah, I, it's, yeah, that makes total sense and very easily to relate to. So we have traumas um, and emotional situations that aren't fully processed or we're even exposed to other people's energies, cell phone waves, like, you know, all the kind of electronics we have in this world that all can affect our energy. Um, energy can become trapped and stagnant or just the flow is affected. So it's just not like as clear of a signal. So if you've ever had a car crash too, and like felt that tension when you've driven by that location or like that fear, then that's like a really prime and obvious example of trapped energy that your body is like bringing back up and it has not cleared yet. Um, so energies can also get passed down. And this can be where it starts to sound like really woo-woo, but again, there's really actually very real evidence that trauma gets passed down through our DNA. Like this is pretty scientifically proven. And um, DNA actually gets altered from trauma. And a lot of that is from, I mean, I guess theory, I can't say it is for sure, but like it's from these energies. And some of it actually can be cleared via energy work. So for sometimes people will like, be like, I don't know why I'm feeling this like just sadness or this grief or something like that. And it can be a passed down emotion that your grandma never um, processed. And this is really, really common because most of our relatives probably had some hard times. And then um, there's some really cool studies done on cancer cells that are like Petri dishes. And they some of the dishes receive energy work. And those show a significant decrease in cancer growth. Um, which is just really, really cool to see it being studied more. So going more into like the different type of modalities. So a lot of people are familiar with Reiki and reflexology, um, which are some great techniques. Acupuncture can also work via energy healing, depending on the technique. But the really cool thing is that energy is can also be done distance. And so this is, I always did it in person. But then when I worked with a healer for Remy, she did it distance. And I was like, okay, this is awesome. I want to start to learn it, how to do a distance because I have a lot of distance clients. So it was actually a very easy transition. And now most energy workers I've talked to as I was learning and getting mentored on how to do it um, say that they actually like it better. And I totally agree. Like I feel like it works better distance for whatever reason. And I don't know, it's just better. So not that I like not that in-person stuff is bad or anything like that, but the type of energy work I do, I feel like works better distance. So anyways, um, when I'm doing it, I am using a way to validate what I'm finding and prevent interference. So it's like I'm checking in to make sure that we're not getting interference. Um, my own, you know, mood, the person, what they're thinking about, all that stuff can actually interfere energy work. So you can get almost like false answers or false things coming up. So you just need to have ways to validate. So if you're working with an energy worker, you can ask, are you validating your findings? Um, 
And the other thing I wanted to say is that many people can confuse psychics with energy work. Um, and they can overlap. So there absolutely are energy healers that also do have psychic abilities. I do not. I'm not going to go there. I don't know a lot about that. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of, that, can, that can be different. But I don't know. I don't know what the, like, the percentage is, but that's not the same thing. So I feel like sometimes that can take like the woo-woo-ness out of it. Sometimes it's, it's like it's not like having psychic abilities. Like I'm asking my clients questions and they're like helping me through because all I can do is ask yes or no questions. So it's like, okay, you know, I'm finding something that's coming up when you were seven years old. Like, can you think of anything that may have caused this emotion? And we're going through a process like that. And so, cause I don't, I don't know what happened when they were seven years old. So I do need them to help me. And a lot of times, even if they can't think of the memory, like for me, my memory is terrible of my childhood. So I often can't. It doesn't matter. We just like need enough information. And I can, again, validate once we have enough information. And then once we do, we can clear it, which is really cool. So, uh-huh. well, so my question, like, it makes sense. And it totally, that like the block and the way that it kind of works, what I'm, and, I, and you might be just about to get to this, but so what, what does energy work look like when you're working with a practitioner? What, what would you expect? Awesome. So again, depending on the type of practitioner it might look a little different so I'll talk about what it looks like with me and then I mean I think any pretty much any distance session is going to look like this I guess um it can be either done over the phone or over Skype I mean or video call either one it can also be done when you're not actually even on the session so if it's you know done over the phone, a lot of times there's a lot of silence. So when I am doing like, just because it's easier for me to get someone else to work on my own child, because again, sometimes it's hard for me to like pull, like be, get into like a neutral enough state that I'm not biasing the results. Um, I will be on the phone with her and I am usually like making dinner and like doing stuff. Now I don't recommend that if like, if she's doing a session on I usually try not to be doing anything else. I find it works better. But for him, I'm kind of like, well, whatever. (laughs) Um, So I often have her like on mute and she's doing things. And every now and then she's asking me questions or like I'm giving feedback. But it's a lot of kind of silence, I guess. Um, So on the computer, you know, I mean, or on video, sometimes I'll share my screen so people can like see what I'm looking off of. Um, Or they can just see what I'm doing. I mean, it's I kind of just have something doing to my body to actually clear the energy but it's not a lot of I guess yeah it's it's almost a little bit on the boring end when I'm just um, working through stuff things get really interesting though when I'm asking questions does that help yes and no (laughs) I mean so um I I was sort of with you and then you were talking about how you make dinner while she's doing it with Remy and so I'm like how is Remy participating with this over the phone and yeah so so is it the like the healer the energy worker that's doing the work and yes so when it's done distance what you're doing what an energy worker is doing is usually, I mean, that's what I do is I'm using my body as a proxy for that person's body. So I'm asking, so it's like, I'm asking questions and getting the answers from my own body, but like, as if that person was here 
in person, which I know starts to sound a little crazy. Um, but that's how you can do it on like babies and kids and dogs and things like that. And also even on clients, if they're not actually on the call at all. Um, and so that's where it's like, you need to make sure whoever's doing it has methods of validation. Um, because if you're not like validating that you are getting the answers from the person, you could just be getting answers from, from yourself. So I'm kind of constantly checking in during my sessions to make sure that I'm testing the person and not myself. Like if all of a sudden some answers aren't starting to fit, I'm like, wait a minute, let me like go back and recheck and make sure I'm still <clears throat> testing the person, not myself. Um, and that's where the validation becomes so, so important. Um, does that make more sense? <clears throat> yes. <clears throat> sort of. Yes, it does. So, <laughs> I'm still wrapping my mind around it. Um, I, I, I believe that it's probably something that you need to experience totally. in order to really get and feel and understand. Um, yes. I would love to, to know, and I, I don't know if you know the answer to this question, but mm-hmm. like energy work versus therapy. Like, I feel like you're both kind of trying to work on, you know, a lot of therapists will seek blockages from childhood or things like that and try to, I guess, get the person itself to release it. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the energy work, you're kind of being, uh, being the person to, um, take it out. So totally. I want really energy work. If you need like therapy, it is not a replacement for therapy. I think it can work beautifully alongside therapy. So that I'm going to speak now just from my experience with it and my thoughts around it is I feel like if there is a childhood trauma, especially childhood trauma that you have sort of moved on, like you are living your life now, like you are not still living the trauma. I find it's actually very, can be challenging to clear through talk therapy. Like you can talk through it and logically you're like, okay, like I'm out of it. I'm safe now or whatever is going on. You know, and, and that it's not always the case. I'm just speaking about like in this instance. So let's say it's like, you kind of can logically be like, all right, I process this. But if you didn't process it as a child and unless you can almost like get back into that and like completely reprocess that, I find it's like, you can't necessarily process it, especially little traumas that like we don't ever think of as traumas but that the body like does perceive as little like mini trauma it's like you got pushed on the playground and someone called you a name but it's not even like a memory that you remember so it's like stuff like that it's like you can't really process it because it's like just like stuck in the body as this thing i don't know this energy disruption so i find energy work is super helpful for clearing that stuff um i find it's also really helpful if you have done a lot of time therapy and you're like, I still am feeling like this deep anxiety or this like deep set, some like deep seated emotion that kind of almost comes out of nowhere. Um, and you don't really even know how to place it. You sort you might know what it's related to. You might not know, but it's like, you can't quite shake it. Um, for instance, I had this client who she was of like, not avoid it. She was trying to mindfully eat, but she found that every time she would go to mindfully eat and like sit and breathe and kind of come into her body, she would almost start crying. Like she would feel this like immense grief and sadness. And like she sat in, the, in that, in that feeling for too long, she would start to cry. 
And she said that for like, you know, years, she actually tried to just allow herself to cry and cry and like have these huge crying sessions. But like, it had been like 10 plus years that she'd been trying to mindfully eat and she couldn't because this grief was like, just so strong. And she didn't know where the hell it was coming from. And so we did energy work. And in one session, we cleared and now she can like mindfully eat without this like grief coming up. Um, I don't remember what it was from. I don't even think it was from anything that I can't remember. Honestly, It wasn't enough that it's like sticking into my memory, but it was just very cool to see that shift of, Hey, now I can like sit here and like not have this like huge grief come up every time I'm trying to meditate or breathe. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it totally makes sense. I feel like I need to hire you and try this and see if that's what my issue is. To- yeah, and I find so what I I'll talk a little bit more about how I use it with my clients is is I feel like coaching and it and energy work go so well together. So I think in the past one of the big reasons I didn't notice a difference from my energy work is one, the energy workers and I find this is kind of common amongst energy workers is they don't like tell you to back for another session. I feel like they're just very like passive just by nature of who an energy worker is, you know? Um, and that's not a bad thing, but it's like, I didn't know to come back for more sessions. I think sometimes energy work can be talked about as this like magic quick fix. We're going to like clear everything and fix all your problems, which it might be able to, but it's not in one session. <laughs> like absolutely not in one session. Like, I don't think anybody can do that that quickly. Like there's a lot of issues. Like it is a process to be asking the body questions about what emotion you're going to release. And then you have to release it. And then you have to find another one. Sometimes there's something else that's blocking an emotion from being released. So like, it's not like this, like instant snap my fingers and everything's fixed. Okay. And so anyways, I also find that if you're not changing other things, you're not really working on your mindset, you're not really actively trying to change any other patterns, you're just going to keep reattracting the same energy or you're more likely to. I shouldn't, I mean, sometimes you really can clear something and you, it does like just spur this huge shift in pattern and behavior. But a lot of times when there are these subtle shifts that are opening up this path, you still have to walk down the path, right? Like you can't just like, have this path open and then not do anything about it. So that's where, you know, with my clients, it's about anywhere from 10 to 50% of my work is energy work. Um, and the rest of the time it's coaching and, and talking about, okay, so now that these, you know, shifts have happened, what, what changes are we going to make? So that way we can like keep the good energy going. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I think that you know, what I'm kind of gathering is that energy work is a, is another kind of piece of the puzzle. So we talked a lot about how, you know, we entered school to be physical therapists and we're like, this isn't the whole thing. And then we got our nutrition certifications and this isn't the whole thing. And then there was a lot of mindfulness that we worked on. And now that you're finding this energy piece, which... I'm going to kind of try to sum it up a little bit. It's, you know, these energy blockages could be from childhood trauma, whether it's significant trauma or trauma that you don't even realize happened. It could be passed down generationally from, you know, kind of embedded a little bit into your DNA or impacted um, some of that. You're just kind of the way your DNA has been passed down and they're not necessarily things that can be, worked through via conscious 
like talk therapy or processing because they're not they're not necessarily conscious energy blocks that we're aware of because if we were aware of them it wouldn't be an energy block so that's kind of another piece of the puzzle to start living your best life is that a good yes that's awesome and like a lot of times energy block can be in your body not in your brain right so it's like if you have chronic pain and it's been really cool as a physical therapist I will do energy work even on like on distance clients who have physical pain and I also will do it in my sessions in the physical therapy clinic and do it as a muscle release and it's like I will you know if I'm working on a really tight muscle like an upper trap or something and it's just like not releasing I will I'll just do the emotional side of things energy work wise in the session because that's really all I can do but um, within the clinic, but it will be very cool to just do it right there. And I can like literally feel the muscle just change in the, in the moment of like, you've released that emotion. And then it's like, a lot of times it doesn't come back. So it's just very, very cool to see how energy can be trapped in the body. And then of course it can be trapped in organs, which is where you can get out of, um, these kind of subclinical symptoms or even autoimmune issues, or if you're trying to clear, candida or some bacteria or parasite and it's just not clearing or maybe you do clear it with some like protocol and then it just comes right back that's a really good example there's probably the trapped energy there and you're just reattracting it again like I had an energy worker who told me one time um, that literally if you aren't completely like clearing the energy of candida you could walk by somebody else and it's like you could just like it could just start to proliferate again, which I was like, okay, I don't really know if I understand that, but it kind of makes sense when you talk to people who've done these protocols and it's just like, it just keeps coming back, like doing everything right. And it keeps coming back. So, um, well, when you clear it, all of a sudden you get a whole lot better. So it's pretty awesome. So for like anything that you've just felt stuck on, honestly, at, like do energy work it is another piece of the pu puzzle we have you know our body which you can do physical stuff on we have our mind you can do all the mindset work and then we have like our spirit and that also needs attention so yeah i love it and that's a wrap thank you so much for joining us today next week we're going to talk about food journaling Follow us on social media for news, updates, and calls for questions. You can find me, Beth, at Pizza Real Eats, and Andrea at Dr. Andrea Moore on Instagram and Facebook. You can definitely find out more from Andrea by reaching out to her about the energy work. If you want to schedule anything, just follow, yeah, I believe her website is drandreamore.com as well, but I will link to that in the show notes as well. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode and write us a review. Show notes for this episode and all podcast-related information can be found at realmomsreallife.com.